go to the grocery store and buy yourself a tomato or an apple, celery, beef, anything really to eat, you know where it was grown. You know, some things are labeled their country of origin. Some of that labeling is honestly kind of confusing and can be, if I dare say, a little bit deceptive at times. And especially with what we've just gone through and are still going through with this global pandemic and the food shortages and panic buying and all this bizarre stuff, markets turned upside down in the last uh, weeks and months here. A lot of people, and this was already growing before that, um, a lot of people are saying, I want to know that my food was grown in the U.S., How about let's start there? I mean, a lot of people are into buy local, and I am all behind that. But sometimes you just can't get a a local tomato. And certainly around here, we aren't going to say get a local grapefruit, no matter what our governor uh, says about thanking grapefruit uh, harvesters. If you saw that press conference, you'll know what I'm talking about with Jay Inslee mentioning or thanking uh, grapefruit harvesters and and we don't have any of those here in washington we don't grow grapefruit but uh joining us now on the program is somebody down from a country where they well part of this country where they do a lot of grapefruit and other things like that bud childs with demand american grown is with us on the program this morning uh bud how did this all get started i mean i think the the name kind of says it all doesn't it yeah, it does. Uh, Dylan, good to be with you, man. Um, yeah, I uh, have been around politics and public policy, governmental affairs my whole life. I'm kind of a tenderfoot grower. I've actually been doing this about seven years. Uh, my wife and I are growing 50 acres of organic blueberries here in uh, North Florida. And uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, we, we had a chance to, uh, to inherit this beautiful property for that my dad uh, owned. Um, and my father was a, a United States Senator and Governor of Florida. And so that says a lot about, you know, my background. Yeah. And uh, I ran a public affairs, public issues business for quite a few years. Um, and as I got into the agricultural segment, um, I realized that something was profoundly wrong. Um, we're, we're growing in a great, beautiful setting and people like to come out here and, uh, you pick our berries and buy them in the local, uh, farm markets. And, um, uh, we have an online marketing farm service, which works great here. Um, but when I turn around to sell, cause I, we, we did 50 acres, so we have 150, 200,000 pounds a year, uh, and, you know, to meet our market, we switch from conventional growing to organic growing, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little easier on the West Coast than it is in Florida. We have a lot of humidity, a lot of bugs, a lot of pests, and, um, and so it's very challenging. here. We're one of only a few uh, organic growers. Um, but I got to tell you, you know, on the commercial market, you know, uh, there are two things you got to do when you're a farmer. You know, you got to grow it and you got to sell it. <laughs> and if you're not selling it locally, um, in the old days, you know, uh, when we had our local market, you sell it all locally. These days, you go to a broker, a, a, a corporation that's marketing, and they they um, give you a price for your berries that you that you can't sell locally. Well, that was all fine for 
for a long time, you know, and in the last six or seven years, these marketing companies have consolidated to the point where they, they control the food marketing in our country. 80% of the food sold is sold by just a handful of companies. So what have they done? You know, to make more money. This is kind of the American way, I guess, but it's sad. Uh, they have, have rapidly in the last five years, especially outsourced uh, the growing and production of the food into third world countries, Mexico, Chile, Argentina, Colombia, Peru, uh, places where they could pay, you know, $6 a day for somebody to work 12 mm-hmm. hours, some poor uh, Mexican guy that's, you know, yeah. brought out to a, a regional farm. And, and you know, and our government, because of the power of these companies, our government has allowed them to bring that produ- produce or fruit or meat across the border and put it flooded into our markets at a price way below what we can even produce it at. I mean, we're paying $15 an hour for labor. Those guys are paying $6 a day. I mean, the math doesn't work. And for 200 years, the government protected farms because they knew that, you know, we can't let somebody come in from out of the country and and that can just do something really cheaply with cheap labor and put our farms out of business. Because what? If we lose our farms, what have we lost? We've lost our, our, our essential element of yeah. our national security. What are we going to be dependent on Mexico or China yeah. for our food, for goodness sake? I mean, we can't do it. And uh, and so we started American Grown, a bunch of berry blueberry growers uh, in Florida and Georgia. And, uh, you know, I was shocked. We had, uh, you know, 100 people, 100 farmers sign up in the first few days. And, wow. um, you know, it's just kind of taken off from there into multiple states and across produce and, you know, the beef and the dairy. Uh, because um, basically it's what kind of what you said at the, in the opening. The, the American public does not understand what's going on. They don't understand when they go in the grocery store that they're making a decision, like a vote with their with their decision yeah. to buy. Uh, and when if they buy a foreign uh, in in our market this year, this is shocking, but it's true. In, in our market, which is the time where we've grown all year long and we've got to, you know, come to fresh market in March and April and May in Florida, and we've got the blueberry fresh blueberries. In our market, Mexico has been able to, in the last five years to penetrate our market with and take over two-thirds of our market, two-thirds of our market in our fresh season. Now, you know, we don't really have a beef with them bringing berries in, you know, when, when and having a year-round supply, you know, and but – they're flooding our market in the season. Same thing with the tomato growers, same thing with the lettuce guys, eggplant, bell peppers, you name it. So, you know, we, we are losing, and, and this is what the public needs to understand. We are losing, we have already lost a majority of our food supply to third world producers. And uh, the, the pandemic has finally woken people yeah. up to the fact that, hey, it's important where your food comes from, you know, yeah. and, and it's important where your essential medical supplies come from. And if you have to be dependent on a country like China that doesn't like us, uh, or you have to be dependent on, on a country like Mexico that's bringing as much, you know, collateral goods across the border, just on this last week, you know, a big load of cocaine, a big load mm-hmm. of marijuana comes through with the produce. And, you know, who couldn't even imagine what the, you know, the food safety regulations are in a place like Mexico? I mean, I don't drink the water in Mexico. I sure wouldn't eat the fruit, you know? Well, that's absolutely the truth. Uh, Bud Child's with us. And and by the way, I don't even know if I mentioned at the uh, beginning of the segment here, this is The Farming Show on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop, and I grew up 
you know, here in Western Washington on a red raspberry farm. We've been dealing with this issue now for decades. I remember being a, a kid. Um, and there was, you know, trade litigation going on uh, with unfair trade practices with foreign countries at that time. Uh, the problem has gotten so much worse since then. And you're highlighting part of it here. You know, the thing used to be, I remember when, back when I was a kid as well, there would be talk about, oh, you know, buy Washington milk or Washington raspberries. Right now, I think our, our first concern as, you know, folks producing food in the United States should be buy American grown. That That's the name of your brand. Again, uh, Bud is with Demand American Grown. How much of this is because of the pressure of regulations, uh, rules, things like that, uh, not to mention uh, liability issues, litigation all these pressures that are put on farmers that, that do business here in the United States, as far as I can see, you know, they follow the tightest rules. They're under the most threat of litigation or action by activist groups, all this kind of stuff of any food growers, producers anywhere in the world. So that's right. inevitably forced these prices up and, and pushed us really out of uh, competitiveness. Yeah, that's true. It, it, I think that's kind of a, it's almost a rounding error though, compared to the labor disparity. I mean, you know, when, when, when I have 50 people here picking my fruit, you know, at $15 an hour, uh, and my competitor in Mexico is, is, uh, you know, got 50 people paying $6 a day. You can imagine the difference in the, yeah. and, and they're able to bring the stuff across the border, you know, without any kind of, uh, uh, you know, labor uh, computation to to balance that, which which is w w that's the absolute definition of dumping. You know, when mm -hmm. you're able to bring something in way below what a producer can make and take over a market. But you know, the the sad thing, Dylan, is this is American companies doing this. And you know, you mentioned raspberries. I, I'm in serious discussions with the uh, WRCC, the Washington Red Bear, uh, Red Raspberry commission yep. about you know joining forces and you may know that um you know with american grown uh a big part of why we want to do this why we really want to get uh unified farmers is that they the the, the public will never it, it, with the government's uh, oversight they've watered down the country of origin labeling to the point where it's possible to tell uh you know where a product is from for a consumer and what we're doing, Dylan, is we're putting, we're certifying farmers like the Washington. We want to certify all the raspberry growers, and we certify them on in the private sector. We certify them through a, through the local agriculture associations, the community leaders, and our own organization that, that makes sure these are American family farms. And then we allow them to use the American grown label. And we're promoting, and and people are responding to the, you know, our our website and our social media platforms. And they, and so they're beginning to look for American grown yeah. and now we have hundred thousand or more uh, people out there using the label. So it's like uh, we can help turn a farmer from a commodity to, uh, you know, uh, a brand and help them to begin to sell direct. And, and the pandemic is opening the window for that. And that's a silver lining yeah. in the pandemic. I mean, we're able to, a lot of farmers now are able to go and bypass the, you know, this dismal marketing uh, scheme that, uh, you know, that's crushing us and putting us out of business and, uh, and go direct. So I, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful about what we're doing. And, um, 
and and I'm encouraged that you know we're seeing the kind of response from the public now, particularly in the pandemic. That I mean, it's people they really value their local farms. They they know that it's safe, nutritious, healthy, that environmentally and sustainability it's the right thing. Yeah. Uh, but they've just had the wool pulled over their eyes. You know, people are, they have busy lives. They go and they pick up stuff in the grocery. They don't think about it. And, and so, you know, these, these marketers have gotten away with a lot. Really. Well, there, there, uh, there's a lot of powerful forces that have come to bear on what people eat. And there's been the awareness by whether it's business and marketing, whether it's activism, uh, politics, a lot of other things, people have recognized that the American public is increasingly concerned about its food. Is it healthy? Is it safe? Where did it right. come from? Is it, uh, right. you know, socially just at the same time the american farmer has continued on producing food uh responding reacting to new regulations and rules to make sure that it's safe to make sure that it's fair and just and and produced in a sustainable way all these things but there's been this huge disconnect the public doesn't know what the american farmer has been up to and That's at right. the same time all these powerful forces who knows that the the consumer the knows the consumer cares so deeply about these things have been leveraging that issues while farmers have been silent. They're leveraging those issues. And in some cases, a lot of cases telling them that what's happening here with American farmers is bad. And it's American grown food that they can't trust American grown food. That's not safe or healthy or treating workers well or protecting animals or any of these hot right, button right. issues when, and that's actually opposite of what's happening. But the effect is that, that people are getting their food from places that don't, don't protect any of those important things because the American consumer has been lied to. Right. And they're, and they're, and they're not doing anything really for the citizens of the countries where the stuff is grown because the guy that's making $6 a day and working 12 hours a day, he's not getting ahead. You know, the guys that are getting ahead or, you know, the, uh, you know, well, a lot, there's a lot of cartel business in, in, uh, in South America, you know, so, uh, but, yeah, right. I think one of the interesting things that we're seeing now is particularly in the pandemic is people are able to source more local uh, and, and they're going and they're having they're getting direct from farm or they're going to the farm and they're picking it up or they're coming to places like ours or the orchards and they're picking it and they they're like, wow, this is what a blueberry should taste like. Wow, this is I've never tasted a green bean like this because they've been getting stuff in the stores that's been, you know, uh, shipped packaged packed yeah. warehouse shipped again and by the time it gets to the store and it actually goes you know onto the shelf you know and then it sits there for four or five days it's 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 not nutritious anymore it's not any good and uh you know we've seen that in case after case and now a lot of consumers are starting to speak out about that that law we and and I think this trend is going to continue. I think people are, uh, you know, it's like, what do I need to go up, walk up and down the aisles for when I get crummy yeah. stuff, when I can have it well, sent to my door? And know? what's frustrating in, in the scenario that you're just painting with what's going on, sometimes this stuff will have labeling that still makes it sound like it's from the U.S. And in, oh, in right. some cases, yeah. Canada has rules that are even worse, where something will say product of Canada. I know I've, I've been fooled by that before. Product of Canada is like, okay, well, it's not the u.s but it's canada you know they're next door neighbors we like those folks i have family in canada but the truth is the rules up there in some like i said are even more lax there can be stuff from anywhere in the world they just put it in a different bag in canada and suddenly it's stamped as product of canada and that same well, kind of thing happens here too 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the most egregious example of what you just described is is uh, beef in the beef sector. And uh, Mexico and Brazil, and this is this is amazing, but it's true. It's absolutely true. There's a provision in the in the trade organizations, and this is again money and power that allows this to happen. That that Brazil or or Mexico, there's a there's a provision there that says, well, if you if you dramatically uh, substantially change the nature of the product from where it's grown or raised to where it's sold, then you can actually brand it as uh, as a product that's that's grown in the country that you're selling it in. You know, so, okay, I, I, you can kind of understand that. So if they were to reprocess it or whatever, they could say, okay, well, it's reprocessed in America, so it's an American product. That's, you know, that's deceptive, but it's, the, you know, that's the way things go now. But what they're doing is they're just changing the packaging. They do, all they're doing is changing the packaging and saying, taking it from a Brazilian package, a Mexican package, put an American package in there, and they're able to use that loophole to say that it's an American product. And they're bringing tons and tons of beef in and putting our ranchers out of business. Absolutely crazy. Ridiculous. Well, we thank you so much for what you're doing and what, what can, um, what, how can people follow you? Where do they need to go? Well, you know, demandamericangrown.org. Uh, go to the website. You know, uh, p- uh, give us some information about you, whether you're a consumer or a farmer. Uh, let us send you information. You know, look at our Facebook page, Demand American Grown, um, and 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 really help join the fight. I mean, this is about your local food supply. We're trying to, you know, give you back control of your local food supply, and and also to to save your local farmer. And, uh, you know, this is really important for us to, to pay attention to. So I appreciate the opportunity, Dylan. Uh, and I, I suppose people might say, well, why are you, Dylan, there in the Pacific Northwest talking to somebody in Florida about this? But that's the point is that we need to unite across this country. Farmers all over need to stand Absolutely. up and, and can speak so much more strongly with one voice from across the country to say that this is so needs important to if we don't. So important. If we don't fight back, then, you know, we're just going to see continued hundreds of thousands of foreclosures of our farms. And that just that doesn't just yeah. hurt the farmer. That hurts your rural economy and, 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 and the community. So, Bud, thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, let's stay in touch. My pleasure. We'll look forward to that, Dylan. Take care.